everyone welcome to handing the shame back i'm gloria masters your host and and today we have part two with kathy studer all the way from ohio uh, part one was phenomenal before we start as always trigger warning team simply because something that may be shared or said could have you feeling anxious or upset if that happens go to the show notes below stop watching and you'll be guided to some help and resources. Just a quick recap on um, Kathy. So she's a survivor, she's an award-winning author, she's a child sexual abuse prevention advocate and a mental health advocate. I'm proud of myself that I can say all that. Um, a quick recap on her story from the age of six until the age of 12. She was sexually abused by her stepfather who, who had a few evil twists in there. He ensured her silence by telling her two things. One, that her mother knew he was doing this, and two, that she would never want to speak to Kathy about it. How evil and sick is that? We then have mum leap in at age 12 and rescue her. And it's such a wonderful story. Please go back to part one and watch that. So in the second part, Kathy is going to talk to us a little more about the impact on her, what helped her, and kind of what she's doing now. So over to you, Kathy. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to be back. And it, it is a journey. It is quite the journey afterwards. Um, I, I definitely went into my teen years and early adulthood feeling so much shame and not knowing my worth or not knowing my value. And I made very, very poor choices with boyfriends, to be very honest. Yes. And it, it and we tend to do that as survivors because we don't know our worth. And it, it's hard to make better choices, especially when we feel we're bad. And it wasn't until I met my husband um, that I'm grateful for that I think started to shift and my true healing journey started when I was pregnant with my son, because that was the moment for myself, the realization that I want to be the best that I can be to be the best mom that I could be. Yeah. And I wanted to do everything within my power that my children never felt the way that I did. Mm -hmm. And within that meant that I had to dedicate time for myself to heal, to do what I could to recover because I didn't want my past to define me. I didn't want that to continue having power over me. And it was gradual, <clears throat> excuse me, it took time. And there were actually six attributes that I applied in my healing journey. I'm not going to share all of them here. They can read my book, Broken to Beautifully Whole to find out. But but I want to share the ones that I think were the most important for me that had the biggest impact. And one of them was my gratitude journal. And I started that 
probably mid twenties, mid to late twenties. And it, I could tell that it, it made me feel better when I did it on a regular basis. Wow. And it, it took time and I could find a little more joy and a little more happiness coming to the surface as I added gratitude into my life. It was an important piece of feeling better about myself. And the second one that we talked about earlier, and if I had to list my six attributes, I would say this one is the most important, and that is self-compassion. It, I think it is the most important for survivors yeah. to add into your life and, and start by knowing that you or at least leaning into knowing that you are worthy of self-love. You, you are worthy of healing and, and give yourself grace. As we talked about in part one, messy, or you started here, healing is not, is not a straight trajectory as much as we wish it to be. We, we would hope it to be. It's messy it's it's more like squiggles and it comes with setbacks because it's not easy and it's hard and and we're gradually trying to take those pieces and pull ourselves back together to become whole again because we deserve that and self-compassion was an important piece for myself and the biggest reason why that I would want survivors to know is shame and self-compassion cannot sit side by side. Yeah. There's not enough room for both of them. And the gift of when we add more self-compassion, it dissolves the shame of so, knowing. Yeah, sorry. No, so, no, no, go ahead. So how has that, like, you know, as you're talking of it's just beautiful what you're offering and I guess I can only imagine what you had to experience to reach that place of understanding are you able to share with our wonderful audience hello lovely ones welcome back um what that was like for you so the impact on you from turning that shame into self-compassion how did it show itself and then what were you able to do? Because I think people can really relate with some of what you're saying here today. So are you able to do that, Kathy? What happened for you to reach Yes, yeah. <clears throat> absolutely. I was actually sitting in a doctor's office waiting for a doctor, um, my gynecologist, and she had a psychology today magazine sitting on the table and while I was waiting I picked it up and inside the magazine it talked about self-compassion and what it looked like and what it meant and I remember reading it looking down and thinking I don't have any of this not even an iota is that I walked away first of all after I left the appointment I went and bought the magazine and I took it home and I just paused and I reflected 
and thought, is this something that I could adopt into my life? Is this something that I could do? And it made a couple suggestions. Um, and one of that was just simply self-care, doing something for yourself. And it could be as simple as meditation. It could be as simple as time for prayer. What, you know, everybody has their own choice or a Epsom salt bath with lavender oil, or it could be going to get your hair done. It could be a massage. It could be just walking in the woods, but something for yourself, something to make yourself feel better about yourself. And I gradually started with that. And then the second thing that it mentioned was being aware of our negative self-conversations. And trying, catching your thoughts. Yes. yes. And, and trying to shift that, meaning, oh, why did I do that? Why did I, why, why had that was so dumb? Why did I make that mistake? Or I'm not good enough to try for that job. I'm just not a good enough, or I'm not good enough to know the type of person I should be dating to know the type of person I should marry or to know anything of value for yourself that you are worthy. And, and that starts by shifting the negative self-conversations to, you know what, I do deserve that. And I love what you're saying there because I think what happens is there's a couple of things um, that that sit inside that. Because our, for us as survivors, we experienced that which we hated and instinctively felt repelled by and scared of but did not want. We knew it was wrong. We knew that. Yet, we weren't allowed to act on that. So I'm not surprised that as survivors, we struggle at times with believing or acting on what we instinctively know to be correct and true, like self-care, like yeah. stopping for a lunch break, like not pushing yourself to the point of exhaustion, yeah, like letting someone help at times when you think oh, I should probably do it all myself. So I'm not surprised. To me, it all began back then when we knew the truth. We always felt it was wrong, but we could never act on it. So I just wondered, uh, you know, around that as, as a link and Kathy to what you're saying. But equally, you said something at the beginning of part two, and, and I think it's powerful for survivors watching this. We had no choice actually, but to attract that to watch us which felt familiar. So in attracting those boyfriends that weren't okay and attracting to those ones listening and watching those people that aren't good for you or that were in your life, 
Of course you did. We're all templated with what is familiar. What is familiar, Kathy, was being abused, being shut down, being told to keep your silence, and also having some very cruel things occur. How on earth would you ever attract uh, the polar opposite? What do you think of that? Oh, it's hard. It is so hard. And it's, it, it takes time. And, you know, I think what helped me when I met my husband, um, you know, and he even had things in his life, quite honestly, not abuse. He didn't have the sexual abuse or anything like that, but but he had some things that even he was working through. So, you know, he, he, at least he was a much better man than anyone else that I had ever dated. And, but I think it's hard. I think it's hard to attract, but I, but we can with time. And I think there's something inside of us, even if we can't identify it. There's a point in time where we see and know we deserve better. And even before I could fully adapt self-compassion, I think there is a piece of attracting better because our soul deep down knows we deserve better. I guess it's just moving through that not feeling deserving and and lack of worth to them believing it's possible or it's it's should be the way it is kathy what are you you know when you think about you know your own healing and and what you went through are there you know you've talked about gratitude as being really um useful and resourceful you've talked about self compassion you've talked about um i'm potentially paraphrasing here but the negative self thinking or conversations that you had and being able to turn those around what are you actually in terms of impact now doing in your life as a survivor award-winning author you know advocate for uh, child sexual abuse survivors and mental health. What are you doing in this space? Well, I still do my gratitude journal because (laughs) I do. That is important. I don't do it as much, but I do it every week and I do it at least three to four times a week because I think it is important for our mental and our emotional health and I, I'm aware of my outlook on life, my perspective, because that matters with my joy. And most of the time I'm a glass half full person, yes. but there's days where I'm not. And you know what? That's okay. That's normal. We are human and I then shift to when I do have one of those days, I shift to the self-care, I shift to the self-compassion, 
And, you know, what can I do for myself to make myself feel better? What, what does that look like? Maybe even, and this sounds crazy, but it works. Hugs, a self-hug. Believe it or not, it really, really works. And again, that walk in nature, that bath, that meditation, you know, whatever it is for yourself. And for me, um, it, it is that an addition of the gratitude journal within the self-compassion and giving myself grace, knowing that, you know, it's okay to have a bad day. I'm going to feel it and I'm going to move through it. And I'm going to do something for myself to make my feel myself feel better. And tomorrow's going to be a better day because I would want everyone to know that all of us are going to have bad days, even no matter how strong we are, no matter how much we've healed. But it's okay to feel it. It's okay to have that bad day. We just don't always want to unpack and live there. Exactly. And that starts with a choice. So, and I, I love that. And I think that's so cool. And that self-hug, that cradling is just so powerful and beautiful. And, and thank you for raising that. Kathy, what are you doing now? I realize we've got about eight minutes left. What are you doing now? I don't want to miss out on, you know, the work you're currently doing and the books you've written. Can you tell us all about that? Sure. Gosh, I'd be honored to. Thank you for asking. Um, one of the things that I do after my first book, um, I connected with an organization called NCAN, and that's the National Center um, or the National Foundation, I'm sorry, to end child abuse and neglect. And they... Um, three years ago came to me and wanted to do walks, which had never happened before around the world, anywhere in the world to end child abuse. And they asked me to be the event lead for a walk in Columbus, Ohio. And I said, yes. So I am honored to say we've now had three walks and we have raised over um, $148,000 to go towards ending child abuse, rather it's in research, prevention, education, and advocacy. So that has been an honor to connect to them. And, you know, I... When you and I first talked, I if you would have told me six years ago, I'd write my book and share my very vulnerable story. I never thought I would, but I am so honored to say that the book has gone on to win a few awards. And because of that, um, I've had the opportunity to speak. And within speaking, I had someone suggested me the six attributes that I do share in my book to turn them into children's books. And so I am in the process of doing that. They are nearing the end. It will be a series of six books with forest animals. And the books are meant to be a tool, to a fun tool to help children build stronger mental and emotional health. Oh. And <laughs> I, that, that is so beautiful. Please tell me rabbits in the air. Well, rabbit, well, indirectly, you'll see little rab, little bunny rabbits in a few of the books. Yay! <laughs> so, I'm, beautiful. 
Thank you. I'm very excited about that because it's it's important. As everyone knows, our youth are in, in a little bit of a mental health crisis and there's way too much depression, too much suicide. And I believe we can shift that. Um, and that's that was the need that I saw to get these children's books out there because the number one consequence for child sexual abuse there's many consequences, many, as we all know, but the number one is mental health consequences. And the reason I wrote my book was because I had a client of mine who struggled with depression, anxiety, and PTSD, and I never knew why. And she's also a, a sexual abuse survivor. And she asked me why I didn't suffer quite to her degree. And I had a healing journey and my book was the answer to her question that I couldn't answer that day. It's so beautiful. And I love, I'm so grateful to you. Thank you. Because giving our beautiful children and teenagers the opportunity to find some tools for themselves and just yes. of providing what they didn't know was there. I think it's just so beautiful. Well done, Kathy. Oh, thank you. As well as doing your award-winning author piece, um, you also do some other work. So what do you do in the mental health space? Well, in the mental health space, um, I've gone out and talked to groups and organizations and shared the six attributes that I have in my book that actually rework the brain in a positive manner. Because when my client asked me that question that day, I couldn't answer it, but my research led me to being able to answer that. And the gift is all of us can do things that we add in our life that actually start to work our brain in a positive way that will reduce depression, anxiety, and PTSD for all of us. Can't promise it'll take it away, but I can promise it will reduce. And, good. Yes. Oh, and, and where can people find your work, your books? Do you have a website? Do you Are you on Amazon? Can you tell us? I will put it all in the show notes, but it's actually great for people to be able to find all of this. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. Um, they can at kathystuder.com, which is my website. And my first book, Broken to Beautifully Whole, is on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And the upcoming children's books are soon to come as well on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. It's beautiful. And Kathy, just as we, you know, we've got a couple of minutes, I guess. Is there anything you would like to share that you haven't had the opportunity to as yet? I would finish with this, that I would invite all survivors to really give yourself grace. Grace is so important in the healing journey. All of us heal differently and all of us heal in different ways. And it isn't a straight trajectory, but Grace is the most important gift that you could give yourself 
as you walk through this journey and know you are not alone. You are never alone. And I love Gloria, when you said that you are loved and I believe you, because I think those are some of the most important words that a survivor can hear. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Please stay there. Oh, hey. thank you. <laughs> Hey survivors, wow, I've gone all goosey. I imagine some of you have as well. And, and what Kathy's been able to gift us with today is, is those hallmarks of abuse. You know, that's that lack of self-worth, that feeling of shame, not being able to have clear boundaries, specifically body boundaries, they're just some. And, and then being able to share with us, you know, some of the attributes and in and, and terms of the gratitude, the self-compassion, self-love and um, being able to work with the negative uh, self-talk or conversations that we all have. I guess one of the powerful things for me equally was, you know, give yourself permission to not have a good day. Give yourself permission to get it wrong. Give yourself permission to move backwards. Uh, that's how we grow. So, as always, beautiful ones, it's such an honour to bring this to you. And I see you, I stand beside you, and I believe you. Are.